Happy holidays from your friends at The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle McCartney. Sports Radio York sports fans, I am Danielle McCartan, and this week, Danielle in the daytime, the super utility around these parts, and we'll be talking all things New York sports right up till 4 p.m. in New York City and beyond. So whatever you are doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now throughout the next couple hours, whether that be on your car radio, you're streaming from WFN.com or on our free Odyssey app. And, of course, we are here in the Big Apple. And Paulie Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing. You know the number, 877-337-6666. We'll take your calls here in this first segment. Get aboard. And thank you, a very special thank you, for making Paul and I uh, part of your holiday weekend here in New York City and wherever you may be tuning in from. I appreciate that. Okay, around 4 a.m. Friday morning, news broke. See, by the way, before I even start here, I'm sitting here in, and I think I might have to take these off because they're a little annoying to listen to as I move. But I've got um, from from the dollar store uh, a string of lights that are lighting up around my neck. I, I should probably take these off at the next break here. I've got a Santa hat on, and I've got the, a Taylor Swift ugly sweater. Tis the damn season. That's one of her songs. So uh, setting the setting the scene here for you in the Mike Francesa studio here. I'm just going to hold these while I talk. All right. So around 4 a.m. Eastern Friday morning, the news broke that Yoshinobu Yamano, Yamamoto signed the largest contract for a pitcher, both in guaranteed money and in years in history. $325 million over 12 years without ever having pitched a single pitch in Major League Baseball. Hmm. Initially, and I'm talking right away, as I was reading that notification, I was like, I was, I was still in bed. I was outraged that neither of our Mets or our Yankees came away with the number one prize uh, outside of Otani, I would assume, this, this, this winter. Now, my initial thought was, and it was no joke, my first thought was, oh, Steve Cohen and his billions of dollars, huh? Well, he couldn't seal the deal. King Cohen. How cringeworthy of a nickname. I still think that, by the way, about that nickname. And Uncle Stevie. It's just cringeworthy. But the Mets and the Yankees. Need another starter in the worst way. And I mean, just look at it. In the Bronx, it's Garrett Cole and the question marks. That's not a new band name. That's their starting pitching depth reality. And don't laugh, because over there in Queens, it's Kodai Senga, question marks, and the quadruple A's. Yamamoto would have fit like a glove on either team. That was initially. That was my first thought initially. So beyond that shock, and actually, I know it was around that time in the morning, around that time, because actually, <laughs> I'd, I'd gotten up to go to the bathroom, and I checked my phone, and I was like, oh my God. And then I couldn't fall asleep right away, because I was thinking of all these things, so I wrote them down in my notes in my phone, so I didn't forget them. Um, but now, I, now I, I actually wake up, it's time to go to school, and now I'm really starting to think about this, on the drive into school and all that. So beyond, I'm a teacher during the week, 
in case you didn't know. But beyond that initial shock, right, that, that a free agent would not have chosen the greatest city in the world to call home, as much more information came out about the entire process, the more I read, the more I realized what a total fraud Yoshinobu Yamamoto is. The dude never wanted New York. Never. And yet he was waited on hand and foot by Steve and Alex Cohen themselves. He texted the Yankees to request a meeting as he was swirling around his palate cleanser at their house in, in Connecticut. Why? Never to play in New York. Just to drive up his contract price. Just to drum up the interest. Ultimately, and all along, to be offered by the Los Angeles Dodgers. It is obvious, it is clear as day that he wanted California all along. And that is so shady. The dude is a master manipulator. And you know what? He can't handle New York. And you know what else? Yamamoto did play his first game in Major League Baseball. He played both the Coens and the Steinbrenners. He used them both as leverage. Flat out used. Feels awful, doesn't it? So much for the great New York fight for the same free agent. Volume 1, installment 1, the Dodgers in a TKO. So mark your calendars. Dodgers at Mets, May 27, 28, and 29. Dodgers at Yankees, June 7, 8, and 9. And I bet, I bet you, the Dodgers find a way. They take a page out of the Noah Syndergaard book, and they find a way to manipulate that rotation so Yamamoto misses both teams. That, or if he does start, I hope he gets absolutely shellacked. And I go back to, I was thinking, as I was thinking about that, my friend and I, I don't even know how many, two years ago, two summers ago, went to a Yankee game. Yankees were playing the Angels. We picked the game because Otani was starting. We were like, oh, this is going to be a good one. We were stuck in the lines outside the stadium. We finally got into our seats in the first inning, and they were already taking Otani out of the game. That's the kind of start that I hope for, for Yashinobu Yamamoto, should he pitch in those series in the Queens or in the Bronx. I hope he gets shellacked. And I think we, all of us listening right now, and me speaking, Paul Rosenberg behind the glass, I think we can all agree that we are hoping for a first-round postseason exit from the Dodgers this season. And as the baseball gods would align it, remember this day, Saturday, December 23rd, I pray it's the New York Mets who send them backing. It is. It would be the ultimate poetic justice for the Dodgers, who are easily the most hateable team in Major League Baseball. No question. The new evil empire, air quotes there. And as I learn more about this situation, this is happening yesterday in the chaos of the last day before winter break. Teachers, you know what I'm talking about. But as I'm thinking about this and driving home and really ruminating this as I was eating lunch at home, I realize both of our New York teams, they played their cards perfectly. You can't force someone to want you. 
And, and I'm going to choose. I'm going to make the conscious decision to look at this in a positive light. Because we now know how much more information we have about our own teams. Take the Yankees first. The Yankees ultimately offered Yamamoto 10 years at $300 million, which was a higher AAV than the Dodgers. It was an earlier opt-out than what the Dodgers offered. And it offered him more money over the first five years than the Dodgers offered him. I saw a take from one of the hosts here admonishing the Yankees for not going $25 million more. I mean, how silly is that? How were the Yankees supposed to know where that number was? It's a negotiation, right? That's, I mean, come on. But I gleaned two important takeaways from the Yankees from this whole saga. Number one, now we know the Yankees are still capable of putting on the full-court press. I mean, Cashman and a group of Yankees personnel flew to Japan to scout him at the end of the regular season. Boone presented the free agent. I won't even name him, but he presented the free agent with an authentic pinstripe prized number 18 jersey. And they played, a, among other things, but they played a personalized video message from World Series MVP Yankee and fellow countryman Hideki Matsui. And two, a criticism of mine in, in off-seasons past, probably the number one criticism of mine in off-seasons past, of, of Brian Cashman and of the Yankees' ownership and the front office. Now we know how Steinbrenner will pony up the cash this offseason. I mean, he was ready and he was willing to pay $200 million over the first five years for a player that has never thrown a pitch in the United States of America and commit to him long-term. That is a great sign. And the Mets will take the positive of this Yamamoto debacle. We'll take it in a positive light. For those who called me up and, and stuck up for him, this one goes out to you because I, I'm going to Throw my kick my feet back and say, you know what? I bet it was not having Billy and Epler around. That's the reason why Otani and Yamamoto signed elsewhere. Stop it. Don't embarrass yourself again. Please don't. I, I'm going to glean one very important takeaway from the Mets in this sweepstakes. This was really the first glance that we got into the Mets' all-out full-court press. And the Coens played it perfectly. They did everything right. That private jet flight by the owner of the team and the president of baseball operations to Japan to meet the free agent in person. The fact that they offered that free agent a record-breaking sum of money only to be matched by L.A. where he wanted to be all along. And that dinner at the home in Connecticut was carefully orchestrated. And this is from, from Will Salmon's very nice piece in The Athletic. If you haven't read it, go do it on, on a commercial, of course. But he wrote, this is a quote here, The Coens were active, attentive hosts. When someone needed to know where the bathroom was, it was Alex or Steve who personally guided the person. End quote. And I like when, when they said when a bathroom was. A bathroom. Not the bathroom. One of many. A bathroom. The indefinite article. Not the definite one. And so like at an Italian wedding, the seating chart was, it absolutely mattered. It was crucial in the way that they put the people around the table. Yamamoto's not into analytics, so the Mets did not present any data to him. Yamamoto wanted to train how he does in Japan. So the Mets, according to the article, this is a quote, 
touted personalization within their strength and conditioning group, end quote. And also, the Mets were not advised to bring up Kodai Senga unless Yamamoto asked first, because even though they both come from Japan, they are two different pitchers, said the article. I mean, all of these rules. And by the way, Yamamoto did ask about Senga, and the Mets did talk about how he adjusted and all that. But Yamamoto, man, he was wined and he was dined first class by both of our teams here in New York. And he chose La La Land instead. Good. Let him. I think Steve Cohen summed up the the the, the last a couple of hours, I would say, perfectly for both teams. And when he said this, he said, I think the whole organization tried our hardest. And someone was going to win and someone was going to lose. And that's just the way it goes. I feel good about our efforts and I left it all on the field. Life goes on. And that's from Steve Cohen. And I think it sums it up for both of them. Like, Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner, they are not dumb. As soon as they saw the way the, that Shohei Otani structured his deal, they had to have known that they were going to be second choice for this particular free agent. Had to. And a 12-year deal for a starting pitcher cannot end well. Come on. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. WFAN, Paul Rosenberg, I need this song in my playlist. Please text it to me. What is? Who is this and what is this? I need it's this. It's uh, the Christmas music EDM mix. <laughs> you know me so well. Thank you for making Paul and I part of your holiday weekend. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, all of the holidays. Happy holidays. You've seen a lot of me over the next couple days, so let's get right back to it. You know, Yamamoto played both the Yankees and the Mets, so... Screw him, honestly. Like, Aaron Boone should call him up and be like, yo, give me back that number 18 authentic jersey that I gave you. Like, what a fraud. Or, better yet, better yet, and and definitely way more petty. That's the number I'd give to Verdugo. (laughs) 18. Of course, only if he wants it, of course. But um, more on this a little bit later. But I was in the uh, the introductory, uh, the Zoom press conference with Verdugo, and he would not reveal what his new number was. And it was a question I wanted to ask. Someone got to it before I did. I forget who it was, so I'm sorry. But um, that he said he said basically that he's waiting for a new chain with the new number to come in before he reveals the number. So go find his jeweler, I guess. Do some investigative journalism and get back to me, huh? All right, 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan. And to the phone lines we go. We're going to start off with the leadoff caller of the day. On line one, we've got Stuart in Brooklyn. Stuart, what's going on, man? Happy holidays, Danielle. You too. Thank you. Danielle, he, that was a charade if I ever saw a charade. Look at what they did. They seventy the money that they paid Otani, then they deferred six hundred eighty million dollars because he's going to make forty fifty million dollars off the field. Yep. Then they take a luxury tax hit of forty six million, and there we go. Yes, Yamamoto salary fits perfectly, except for three point oh eight million dollars. Yep. Obvious. It was oh obvious. Oh, my God. Yep. 
that was just that. You know what, Daniel? That should be illegal. It should be. I am so with you, Stuart. It should absolutely I mean, be illegal. That is so. That is sickening. Yep. Uh, you know, come on. You want you want to play? You want to play with that numbers? The seventy million should be should be on the books, and then you finagle the money another way. That's right. But don't go and do that. Yep. That that is. Like you said, I hope he gets rocked. I and hope, I hope so. the team, and I hope the team in the first, the first time he makes a start, I hope that first team lays a smack it down on his rear end. <laughs> that's, that's taking a stand from home. <laughs> Stuart, I love it. Lay the smack down like the rock and the rock bottom. He's gonna lay the smack down on him. I, 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 I like smack it. Down on him, and then he's gonna go if you smell what the rock is cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, that's Danielle, a good one. Danielle, it's like this. The, the, the Yankees will pivot. The Mets will pivot. Yeah. But one thing the Mets got to do, they better sign Alonzo. Oh, yeah. If they, if, they, if they don't sign him, then what's King Cullen going to be called now? Pipsqueak. <laughs> we'll, call Pips, we'll call him Pipsqueak Cullen. Until, until yeah. Alonzo gets signed. Stuart, that you brought you brought the fire today, Stuart. I appreciate that. And yes, if you're Pete Alonzo and you're looking at like, wow, they were gonna offer him three hundred and twenty five million dollars. He's never thrown a pitch on American soil. Here I am, the leader of this team. You know, all my at least all the qualifications. This is the internal dialogue I'd be having if I were Pete Alonzo. And they had three hundred and twenty five million dollars at their disposal. Well. I'd want a big chunk of that. And, and and I said it last time, too, last year, too. When they let Verlander go and they bought him out, and and, and, and you know essentially bought him out, and, and Max Scherzer bought him out, and, and all these guys getting their deals, Lindor and McNeil and Nimmo, and, and, I, if I'm, and I said it last year, if I'm Alonzo, I'm looking around and I'm taking notes, man. I'm taking notes of all the dollars that are coming in and all the dollars are going right back out. And now I know the number, $325 million they have to play with. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's, that's, stand, and I hate to say it like this, but Pete Alonzo, stick to your guns on this one. We go to line two, Josh in the Bronx. What's going on, Josh? I'm telling you, tell Stewart or something else, that was a great call. It was a great call, yep. Um, but, you know, for the Los Angeles Dodgers, with Yamamoto and, and the other one, listen, I hope they get in so deep with that money that when they try and trade these guys out, you know, like Cone did with Verlander and Scherzer, man, mm-hmm. that they get stuck with, with that with that money, almost like when the Padres traded um, Soto to the Yankees, man. They're going to be down and out because of that, Daniel. I'm with you. I'm with all the callers. Happy holidays, and thank you for taking my call. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate that. Bye. We'll talk a bunch over the next in the week or so. But um, I, I started to think a little bit down the road even farther, right? Like 20, what is it, 2030. Like, what happens? And this is crazy, I know. But this is just a thought that I had, and I felt like I needed to bring it to you. What happens if the Dodgers have to declare bankruptcy when they can't afford this money in these two guys? Who's going to bail them out? I know, probably not going to happen, but it was just a thought I had. And when they try to dump them because they're going to cost too much money, 
Man, I hope no one takes him. I hope they, they stick it to the Dodgers and say, you know what? You deferred all that money. Now you got to pay it. I'm not paying it. You have to. 877-337-6666. And don't get me started. That should be completely and utterly illegal what the Dodgers did with that Otani contract. You knew as soon as that happened, as soon as the breakdown came out, you knew Yamamoto was going to be a Dodger. You just knew it. If you have a brain, you knew it. And of course the Yankees and the Mets, they had to have known it. But again, the CBA, that can't be done just, you know, lickety split right now. You got to wait till the CBA is up. And I looked, of course, the CBA expires at 11.59 p.m. on December 1st, 2026. So, Now, how many teams moving forward are going to structure deals like that? Hmm? One pops into my mind. Yankees, Soto, next season. That's only going to be 2024. And I mean, this this has opened up Pandora's box here, and it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Let's go to line four. Brad in Middletown. What's going on, Brad? Hey, Danny. It's been a long time. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Listen, I got to say this. Did I want the Yankees to get uh, Yamamoto? Yes. Yes. Am I glad they didn't get him? Yes. Yes. I'm going to explain my reason why. Yep. Because maybe Cashman will slow his behind down and realize what he's doing before that happens. Because he needed Yamamoto to save his face. Now, people might not agree with me with this. They gave away four quality pitchers. For a one-year rental, Michael King could back, um, uh, what's his name, up at any time. Uh, Johnny Brito and, and, and Andrew Vasquez, mm-hmm. they were excellent starters, and Drew Thornton have been up this year. So those guys are probably going to do great with San Diego, and the Yankees got nothing in return. Another pitcher. Now they're going to have to go try to break Snell or get another pitcher that can help out uh, – Steve, um, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mind's gone from the gambles right now. Oh, good. And uh, he, he has to learn from this. You, you got to trust your farm system because three of the best teams in baseball, their payrolls are, are $100 million and less. Atlanta, Baltimore, and Tampa. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, come on. Wake up and smell the coffee. Big, you're not should be spending big money on these guys when these other three teams are really giving away their stars, and they're still in the playoffs every year. It's it's certainly... Yeah, yeah, Brad, it's a, it's a philosophical difference, right? Because you got the Mets with all the money, and the Yankees, now, of course, what you just saw, how Steinbrenner willing to spend the money, right? More money on top of the money. And then you've got a philosophical 180 difference in, in those small market teams, and yet, I wouldn't call Atlanta maybe small market, but... Yes, it's it's a different philosophical approach. It's the building up of the farm, especially in Tampa. They do it's like it's like the Bill Belichickian model. It's almost like, all right, well, this guy, we got everything out of him, or we're just going to ship him off, you know. And and not to mention what flies under the radar too, the Dodgers in Glass now. Speaking of X X rays, Glass now, Otani and Yamamoto. I mean, it's it's just it's just mind-boggling. That is one way to do it. And guess what? Money doesn't buy championships. We've seen that firsthand here in New York. We've seen that. 
There's nothing more that I would like to see, and I think a lot of us would like to see, than the Dodgers to either miss the playoffs, which I don't think that's going to happen, but a first-round exit, that would be so sweet. That would be poetic justice, man. And, and I just, I, I just, yes, Yamamoto was needed by both teams, but not at 12 years. And honestly, that's a lot of money for a guy who's never pitched in the major leagues before. What if he crashes and burns? Who knows? So I think it was a, a smart move by both the Mets and Yankees to not, especially the Mets, to get into to a bidding war with the Dodgers. Because as we now see, that's where he wanted to go all along. There was no dollar amount, really, that Steve Cohen could have offered him to make him stay here in New York. That's it. 877-337-6666. We go to Eric in Ronkonkoma. What's going on, Eric? Hey, Danielle. Happy holidays. Oh, likewise. You too. Thank you. Uh, look, okay, so it's two weeks ago that they announced the Otani deal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a couple days later, I, I you know, spoke to me in a C-Mac on the overnight, and I said to him that don't be surprised if he even wanted to go out and play with Otani. This is before they announced the structure of that deal. Mm-hmm. Once I heard that, I, I said there was no doubt he's going to the Dodgers. Automatic. Based on how the, how that deal, you know, with the deferral. Yep. I, mean, I, I had to I had to reread it a couple times to make sure I was even seeing it right. Right. You know, because it just seems so ludicrous. But, you know, once I saw that, I'm like, there's no doubt. Not to mention, they won't have to go out to L.A. to talk to them. Yeah. And, and Japan, and Japan, right? Well, that well, that was. I mean, look. I mean, Cashman went to Japan during the season yep. to scout him. Okay, you know, very few people even bring that up, but but he did do that. Yeah. You know, Cohen went there. You know, yes, to speak to him, but I mean, it, it, it was pretty clear. You know, and, and I, I, you know, also did mention the other day too. And you know, same thing as you. He he never. Planning on coming here, but here's what worries me about that whole, you know, mode of thinking. You know, you just mentioned it didn't matter what Cohen offered him; he wasn't coming here, which I believe that as well. The only problem I have with that now, though, is I have a feeling that that's going to be the norm, more the norm going yes. forward, though. Yes, because people are going to use his money. Yep. No, knowing that he's got it, they're going to use it as as a reason to jack up the price and go anywhere else but here. Correct. And I'm worried about Alonzo, quite honestly. You know what? Quite honestly, so am I. I am wor- and, and listen. Yeah, Boris is his agent now. Right. And and guess what? And and thanks for the call there, Eric. You know, I, I we talked about just before how there's you know, the the Mets dangled three hundred and twenty five million dollars in front of Yamamoto. Right? We just talked about that. Oh, obviously Pete Alonso is not right. I mean, I think it's obvious that they're not gonna be paying Pete Alonso three hundred and twenty five million dollars for a first baseman. We get that. I think we all understand that. But if I'm Pete Alonso, I'm holding out, especially with Scott Boris in my corner, for every dollar I can get. And if it's not with the Mets, then it's not with the Mets. Because I know what they have been willing to do for others. And the Mets had a chance. The Mets had a chance to pay the man. They chose not to. It's almost like the Yankees. They had a chance to pay Judge. They chose not to and ended up paying more for him. Maybe that's what happens in Queens. I would love to see Pete Alonso start, you know, homegrown guy, start and finish his career at the Mets in a Mets uniform. I would love that. 
But let's see. And don't forget, there was that dinner in, at the, the Cohen home. And then he texted the Yankees, and they met here somewhere here, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, wherever. They, they met uh, uh, Yamamoto there, too. I mean, it was both ways. They went to Japan. He came here and the whole thing. Wined and dined. You know what? We could talk about this. With, with all of this said, I, I, I feel very strongly that the league should render it illegal for teams to manipulate player salaries, especially on those mega contracts, the, like Otani, like that. I'm Daniel McCartan, and this needs to be addressed in the next CBA, 877-337-6666. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back into The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. We need to as we hear the sounds of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. And thank you for making us part of your holiday weekend, 2023. Merry Christmas, Buon Natale. You know, happy Hanukkah, you know, belated Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, all the happiness. Happy holidays to you and yours. Um, and, and you know what? We're talking about this, not just because our teams here in New York didn't think to do it, but there needs to be a rule in Major League Baseball that prevents teams from giving out these Otani contracts. That $700 million contract that Otani signed defers $680 million of, of it for 10 years. So in the first 10 years of that deal, he makes $2 million per year. And then in the next 10, he'll make 68, it's $68 million per year. I mean, it's ridiculous. And in a sport without a salary cap, this should be illegal. The Dodgers are quite obviously the new evil empire. It's obvious, clearly. And of course, nothing can be changed until the current CBA expires. Again, pretty much the stroke of midnight on December 2nd, 2026. Long time coming. But I'm not sure that the players union would even go for it, though, because from a player's standpoint... That's a huge win for that individual player. I mean, the Dodgers will be paying him until the year 2043, until he's 49. And that's quite the retirement plan with guaranteed money. But so the angle has to be this. It's hurting the small market teams. There's no way the Tampa Bay Rays or the Kansas City Royals could afford to pull off a stunt like this with one player, never mind more than one. It ruins the competition, and that's got to be the angle. Like, how unexciting would free agency become? How many small market teams could potentially fold entirely because of this? Who's going to bail out the Dodgers in 15 years when they can't afford to pay the Otani bill? I mean, imagine this. I can't wait for the Dodgers to announce, we're going to build a new Dodger stadium, and we're going to charge the resident taxpayers and the California visitor taxpayers for it. And hotel taxes and all that, like the Raiders did in Vegas. If they could play one pet player $700 million, they surely should be able to build themselves a new stadium, you'd think. And I mean, at the very least, what they could do, I guess, is install a cap on the amount of deferred money allowed. I don't, see, I, I don't even like that idea still. It has to be made illegal. And in big picture, if you zoom out, it's hurting the sport, and I'm worried about the long-term future of it because of this nonsense. But we agree that... It- 
it's not illegal yet, right? So the do- it's not the Dodgers didn't do anything wrong. Correct. In fact, they're probably smarter than everybody else for thinking about this. Because yeah. the Yankees could have deferred the money, the Mets could have deferred the money, Chicago Cubs could have deferred the money, the Texas Rangers give out money like it's cr- like it's you know candy. <laughs> Same thing with the Houston Astros. The Dodgers, frankly, were just smarter than everybody they else. Were. Now. I hope in they the fail term. miserably. Yeah, in the I hope term. they fail miserably. And it's clear to me that Yamamoto didn't want the smoke of New York. He wanted a safe landing that's spot. Right. La, and, la, la, and that's right. And, and he wanted a safe landing spot, and I think that's fine. fine. I mean, a lot of people don't have the, uh, you know, the toughness and the thick skin yeah. to be in New York. And that's okay. Yep. That's clear. But the, uh, the maneuvering of the salary cap and the deferred money and all that stuff. Luxury tax thresholds, all until that. Until it's illegal. Right. Take advantage of you're it, right? right? Like, you're right. Because like, I understand your point and your, the, like, the wide angle lens. Yeah. And you're probably right. Yeah. But while you can still take advantage of Why a loophole in this, do it. Right. Like, other teams have to start doing this. Other big market teams. Obviously, Which the I'm Rays worried. probably can't do it. Kansas City's not going to do it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm worried. But if the Mets need to defer... $200 million to get Pete Alonso here for the next 10 years. They have to take that into consideration yep. now. Yep. Whether it's right or wrong. If and Juan, Soto to remain Juan Soto Yankees. next year. Yeah. And whether Juan Soto, because the two biggest teams going for Soto are going to be the Yankees and the Mets. Mm-hmm. That's already setting up. It's going to be the Yankees and the Mets. Yep. Until the Dodgers and swoop in. Honestly, probably <laughs> the Dodgers, too. Yeah. yeah. It's honestly, the Dodgers are probably <laughs> going to be in the mix for Soto. Yamamoto, too. I know. Yeah. Here come the Dodgers. So they have to start thinking about other teams have to use this to their advantage. The have Dodgers to. have the blue. The Dodgers laid the blueprint out, deferred that money. They're paying three twenty five up in in full for Yamamoto. So that's fine, but use that to your advantage. Correct. Well, you're right. I mean, you're right. It's not illegal yet, and I'm just worried between now and the twenty the twenty twenty six, what it would do to the sport. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We go to uh, let's go to Jose in the Bronx. What's going on, Jose? Hey, how you doing, Daniel? I'm good. Um, how are you? Let me tell you. When I heard the Altani details of that deal, oh, yeah. I was like, the Dodgers are getting this guy. That, that's right. I'm a motor. Mm-hmm. And another, and I had a question for you. Where is the union on this? The uh, players' you know union on this. Contract. Honestly, I was just talking about that. I think the players' union likes it because think about it. They they got this guy. He's getting paid till he's going to be forty nine years old and guaranteed money. I, I think the players' union likes it. And then I have one question for you. Remember when Cashman went off on Stan? Yes. Did you think that hurt us? In which way? In the negotiation, because in, in the Gamaroto, um, the same agent. Yes. Oh, I know what you're saying. Okay. And the, Jose. Agent, yeah. and the agent stated, Correct. oh, nobody's going to New York. Correct. And I'm like, nah, I, Jose, maybe... I don't think. I don't think it had anything to do with it, really. I, because the Yankees weren't even in the ballpark, so to speak, in, in terms of the money that they offered. It was the Mets versus the Dodgers at 325. That's it. The Yankees weren't going to go up to 12 years either. They offered him 10. 300 million. Ten years. That's it. And their offer was not as strong as that. I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with the him having the same agent as Stanton and Cashman. Whatever. No, I. I don't think. I think that's making a what is that phrase? A mountain out of a molehill, something like that. It's. 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 I think a non-factor in this decision. Let's go to Marty in Westchester. What's going on, Marty? Hey, yeah. Good afternoon, Daniel. Uh, Merry Christmas too, and happy holidays. And right. Uh, since the Yankees uh, went out to Dodger Stadium last season, I'm assuming that the Dodgers will be coming to the Bronx this year. And if that's the yep. case, I'd like June. nothing better than to see Yamamoto on the mound 
and to see Aaron Judge and Juan Soto hit back-to-back home runs from oh. play up at deck and right field. Oh, yeah. June, I think it's 6th, 7th, and 8th, or 7, 8, 9. Friday, Saturday, Sunday in June. I'll definitely mark that on. Well, I have a weekend package, so hopefully he'll go pitch the, the All right. Saturday game. Marty, I will see you there. I can't wait for it. Yes, but uh, the reason I called, uh, actually, as far as the Yankees are concerned, yeah. who do you think should be their number one pitching target now that Yamamoto's off the, off the boards? Oh, man. I mean, I haven't studied them, studied them yet, but obviously there's the big names, the Ceases, the Burns, the Biebers, the Snells. I would love to see a, a reunion with Jordan Montgomery. I would love that. I would like that. I, that's my number one choice if you want to know the truth. I'd like yeah. to see Montgomery come back to the Bronx. Yeah, he pitched well, man. Uh, he went to tech, where, Texas, right? And he pitched well there. Yes, he certainly did. He upped his game. Yep. So, uh, and he, you know what else, too, Marty? I was looking at him. He looked like he... he Gained a little weight, a little muscle on him. I would like to see what that would, would translate to back here in New York. He looks a lot stronger. He does. And I think yep. his fastball uh, seems a bit faster. So, I mean, if they could pull that off, if Brian Cashman can you know, work, work something out with them, make amends with them so he can come back home, yep. that would be great. I mean, whoever they, uh, whoever they uh, sign with his two pitches, the one pitcher I'd like to stay away from, I don't like to see him bring back Frankie Montez, no. even on an Instead of a later contract. No, I don't even want to see the name Frankie Montas in the same sentence as the word Yankees. What a disgrace that guy was. No. Right. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You're right, Marty. We're on the same page with that one. Right, right. Okay, always good talking to you, Daniel. Have a good weekend. You too, Marty. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, no, no. I I, I watched some of these hot stove shows, and they're saying Frankie Montas on a one-year deal. No, no. I'm like, yeah, I'm physically yelling at the TV. Don't do it. But Jordan Montgomery, I wouldn't wouldn't mind that reunion there. Let's go to Frank and Syosset on line three. What's up, Frank? Hey, happy uh, holidays, Danielle. You too, thanks. Yeah, I, you know, I don't mean to change topics on you, but, uh, you know, I called to talk about the Giants. Oh, the New York football giants. Any yeah, Eagles this weekend on Christmas? Disappointing loss against the Saints, Kenya. <laughs> oh, brutal. Um, you know, I well, I mean, you know, I, some some hosts on the fan, I, I won't mention any names. I don't like to throw anybody under the bus. But hearing that the, the defense quit in the second half, I, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, you know, uh, you know, they had a, a third and – the Saints had a third and two. In the third quarter, they get called for, uh, I believe, uh, fourth start. Okay. It would have put him at three and seven. And uh, Adari Jackson gets called for holding. Automatic first down. Yeah. Keep, keeps the drive going, and they score a Saints score a touchdown. Then the Giants get the ball back. The first two downs, illegal formation and false start. Mm-hmm. Can't win ball games like that. That's right. Then they, they're forced to punt. The, the Saints get the ball back, and uh, it's third down. Pinnock has good pass coverage, stops, them, uh, stops the drive. The Saints are forced to kick a field goal. It's 17-6, third quarter. And it remains 17-6 into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Then you have the other – Pinnock, you know, made a mistake in the fourth quarter, and the score wound up being 24-6. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the defense kept them in the game. The Saints just seem more prepared, do you think? Uh, listen, you go down and it's, it's let's see, when it gets to 14-6, you're still within one score. 17-6, you know, it's, it's, it's a two-score game. But, 
not unattainable. Really, it's not unattainable. So no, I, I would, I would, I'm with you there, Frank. I would say that the, that the defense did okay, did enough to keep them in the game at least until the fourth quarter. I, I'm a, yeah, I agree Mc, with you. Yeah, McFadden had two big plays in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's he made a, good a couple player. of stuff. Thibodeau had a good play on the edge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, you know, they 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 knew to shut down Dexter Lawrence. Yep. You know, and uh, the O line regressed. Yep. He had, you know, DeVito had no time to throw. Brutal. It was, it was and, so bad. I, it was like they were on at one o'clock. Both of them. I had them on split screen. You know, left side, right side. Giants, Jets. It was like which offensive line is worse? Which quarterback has a least amount of time to throw? The Jets one or the Giants one? It was brutal. There's no chance. It allowed them no chance to throw the ball. Both teams had the same problem. Yeah, uh, it's awful, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, can I say one thing about Otani? Go for it. You know, they, I, I was listening to the JR show when the news broke about the uh, the contract. Mm-hmm. A former banker called up on JR's show mm-hmm. and said something that I thought was interesting. Just from the stadium alone, the stadium expects uh, Otani to draw an extra, uh, an additional 5,000 fans. Uh, the stadium is going to do over $100 million, And between the average ticket price... You know, parking, concessions, food. Uh, you know, it, it covers the seventy million. Yeah, and who's covering it? Us. We're we paying are. for it. Yep, and, that, and that's another concern there, Frank. And it's expensive enough to get to a game. Don't tell me it's not being passed on to the, to the consumer. Don't tell me that. I don't believe it. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to call. Um, one hour down. Couple more to go. My name is Daniel McCartan with you on this holiday weekend here on the fan. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the fan on this holiday weekend, 2023. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging with you till 4 p.m. And that is DJ Paulie Rosenberg on the ones and twos. And, you know, it's good to be back. It's been a while. Um, quick recap, you know, the past couple of December 2nd, um, I took off to go fly to Austin because I, I went to watch my friend, UFC pioneer Misha Tate. All the way down in Austin, Texas. She won by submission in round three. Um, and you know what? I, I, I took the first flight out on Saturday morning. And I actually was back on the ground in Newark. On the ground by 1 p.m. Sunday. So it was real quick. Uh, but I think on this busy holiday travel weekend, I, I think you'll commiserate with me. Because the idea that the, the first flight of the day out has all the advantages, right? The, you get the whole day in Austin on that Saturday. The whole thing. It's always a good idea until not only setting your alarm for 3.15 that morning, but actually getting up and out of bed and to the airport in the dark, in the cold. Like, I always book the first flight and I always regret doing it. And then the next week after I had a couple nights at school until after 9 p.m. for parent-teacher conferences kind of wiped me out a little bit. Yes, I'm a teacher during the week for those that might be tuning in for the first time, and thank you for doing so. But, you know, that, that was a little much. After 9 p.m., 7 a.m. to after 9 for a couple days in a row, it was, it was not not easy. So um, 
you know, I, oh, by the way, I, regarding that, I, I asked on social media at Coach M C C A R T A N. What percentage of parents asked me a sports-related question after we were done discussing their kids' progress in class? The answer, this year, 50%. And as a surprise to most of the commenters and and the the replies, it was actually more moms that asked about it than the dads. So go figure. Um, And then, of course, last week we had three NFL games on air last Saturday. So here, here we are. I mean, but you know what? The good news is you and I, we're going to be together a lot over the next couple of days. I got three shifts this coming week, um, like after Nets game till 2 a.m. times. I got five hours next Saturday, five hours on New Year's Day. So uh, get used to it, right? Wouldn't have it any other way. Let's do it. And, uh, of course, there's lots to talk about, and that's for sure. Um, of course, it's been a baseball show all so far, all day long, the Yamamoto news, of course. He is not going to be a Met, and he is not going to be a Yankee. He's going to be the Dodgers. And, of course, that deferred money on the Otani count soundtrack, soundtrack, <laughs> contract, the deferred money on the Otani contract uh, did allow the Dodgers to go ahead and do that. So, again, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. We've got Corey in Atlanta checking in on the Odyssey app. What's going on, Corey? Hey, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm a Yankees fan just for starters. Okay. Um it it's we're coming off really like whiners, the Yankees fan and Mets fans, because at the end of the day, I don't think if you polled everybody who called, mm. had we done this first, I don't think anybody would have had an issue. It would have the whole tone would have been changed of how brilliant mm. the idea was mm-hmm. and we got over, right? Like in fact Mets fans were the first deferral. This, isn't this what they essentially did with the Bobby Bonilla contract? Like, uh, you're still getting paid yeah. until 35, right? Yeah. So it's a smaller version of it. It is. But they did that first, and I haven't heard anybody call in the last couple of days to complain about that. But you know what, Corey? Wait, one second. Let me, let, me, let me stop you right there, Corey. I, actually, there's a teacher at school, and his name is Chris, and he's a listener, too, to the show. We were talking at lunch on yesterday, and he brought uh-huh. up Bobby Bonilla. And he was like, yeah, but the yeah. Mets did it. And he's a Mets fan. And he was like, yeah, but the Mets right. did it with Bobby Bonilla. So so you're right. You and Chris, Corey, you and Chris that I work with are the two people who have brought that up to my attention, yes. Right. So it becomes somewhat hypocritical in that sense. And I really just think at this week, look, you tip your hat sometimes when people uh, do something that you didn't think about doing, and then mm-hmm. they, they become the first. And that's all that just happens. The Dodgers just became the first. The Yankees or and Mets and other teams that have the ability to do so will will do so from a leverage standpoint what what this guy did i have no problem with either because it's about value if i brought that kind of value to my job and i had the ability to go to someplace else to say hey look i'm trying to get more money and i could use this as leverage to get more money who wouldn't i mean unless you just absolutely love 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 the actual company you work for yeah. even as a teacher <laughs> yeah. if you could get a hundred thousand dollars more from like as a teacher right now today and use that leverage and and, and your current uh, school system or wherever you're working at would pay you more. You're telling me you I wish that's that how it worked. Could? I wish that's how it worked. But <laughs> right, it may not but but you get my point. Most of us yeah. don't if I hate to say it like this, but most of us don't bring that level of value that this guy does to where we work well, in our everyday you know what, job. Corey, but if we could, I, I, we would. I get it. I, I understand it. And I like the Bobby Bonilla comp, but we're not talking oh, – this is my alarm to re-up my parking, by the way, which I did. Um, <laughs> I did it. Uh, 
don't give me a ticket out there. I did it. Okay. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is, is it's not, yes, Bobby Bonilla, they did it. They thought about it, right? The Mets pay him $1.2 million every year. 1.2. It's not the $68 million that the Dodgers are doing this with. That, that's a big difference. The principle is the same. As you said, the principle is the same. But maybe then they they have to come in and the league has to come in with the next agreement and just maybe cap the the deferred money, uh, you know, spending dollars amount and, and all that. So um, you're right. I, I think that the tenor would be different if, if the Yankees or the Mets were the ones to, to initially do it. And, you know, just there was someone on Twitter on the break who tweeted me and his name is at Big John 2. And he said, hey, Daniel, I'm a Dodger fan in L.A., but I'm a regular WFA listener. I really enjoyed the fan hosts and callers, blah, 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 blah. He said, MLB teams have been using deferred contracts for a long time. Why do you think the big stars signed 10 and 12-year deals? Well, you know, what I responded back to him was um, a link to the Aaron Judge contract, right? He's going to be a a Yankee through 2031. That was a, what, nine-year deal. He's on the books for $40 million a year, and that was just done, you know, not, not that long ago. So... You know, I, I I understand it. Like for the player, it's a win. For the team, it's a win. For the zoom out large pitcher for the league, I don't think it's a good thing. I just don't because it, it, you look at these small market teams. And someone tweeted me and said, "Well, you know, the the Royals could do it. That would benefit them. They could bring in a guy like Judge and pay him three hundred million. Yeah, but and then what happens? And then what? Like layaway. Like when you right when that used to be around, I don't even know. But like, like you put something on layaway, you could still get to bring it home, but you still had to pay for it, right? And, and so it's just and th- and then what happens? I, I think a lot of us are looking too pigeonholed into this, and I'm I'm kind of looking kind of broad on this. What this would do possibly potentially to the league moving forward and the teams in it moving forward from a player perspective, good for him. Good for him. But from uh, and from a team perspective too, because they don't have to pay it. They're paying they are paying Shohei Otani two million dollars for the next ten years each year. I mean that's crazy. Twenty million dollars over ten years. That's nuts. So good for the Dodgers. But I'm just worried about the, the health of the league long term. We go to Michael in Staten Island. What's going on, Michael? Hey Dan, long time listen. I really enjoy listening to you on the weekend. Thank you. Uh, my only thing was this whole Otani thing. I would be upset when I seen the initial contract. Mm-hmm. But what kind of made it easy for me to swallow, because I, I felt the same way you did. Like, what does this mean going forward for teams? And right. especially the bit, I'm a Yankee fan, so I mean, it really doesn't bother me within a death of players. But I think it's lost on everyone that Otani requested this. And the only reason why he requested this is between Japan and the U.S., and probably more now, especially that he's with the Dodgers, he missed $50 million plus a year in endorsement. Of course. So oh, he can take that hit. I don't think this is going to be something where players going forward will be like, hey, uh, just sign me $5 million, and I'll take his deferment later on. So the Dodgers got lucky that they had a player who was, Wanted to be on a winning team, they're a winning team. He wanted to stay on the West Coast, they're on the West Coast. He wanted to be close to home, he's close to home. They got lucky. It was the perfect snowball effect. It was the perfect timing mm-hmm. that he was willing to say, hey, yeah, I'm taking $2 million a year, quote-unquote, but I'm making basically $50 million a year, and then you're going to have to pay me later, which by the time that comes, yeah. they had already made their money from 
everything that they get with his value that he brings to the team, whether that's championships yeah. off the field, TV right. contract. Revenue, all that, right. Yeah. So that's really just my plan is I don't think this is an issue going forward and, uh, oh, man, what's going to happen with team? Because I don't think players – this is a once-in-a-generation player. I don't think someone's going to be like, hey, pay me $3 million and then just pay me later. Like, no one wants that. People want their money now. They happen to find a player who – was dead and paid, yeah, was and, on a losing right. team for seven maybe years. Maybe it's, you're right, Michael, maybe it's a perfect storm situation, and I hope that you're right. Because all these players that will want to be getting paid later, it, it can't be good. It's not It's not a healthy, you know, financial system. But you're right. It was a confluence of events here that led up to this. Otani can make money off the field. Otani's got two countries now that are supporting him. You know, the Dodgers are big, but all of it, all of it adds up, as you beautifully laid out. But... I mean, it happened with Bobby Bonilla. It, it happened with Bobby Bonilla long ago. For a lesser extent, of course, 1.1 million or 1.2 million rather than 68 million. But I don't know. I'm just, I don't have a crystal ball. None of us do. And, um, you know, I, I hope it works out for the Dodgers. I hope it works out. Let's go to uh, Douglas in the Bronx. What's going on, Douglas? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You too. Danielle. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Um, on that night, that Otani signed, mm-hmm. and I countered a tweet breaking down his salary moving forward. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like, you know, it's hard to uh, determine yeah. which tweets are Correct. or not. You know, on each line, it said $2 million, $2 million, $2 million. I said, no. I yeah. said, no. <laughs> and then it was true. Yeah. But, you know, when we watch these games in the scorebook, they say LAD. So now the D is Stands for deferrals, not mm. the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles but, deferrals. Right. Now that they were the first ever to do it, as you the and the previous caller claimed, but right, it's the egregious amount that's just so obscene. Yeah, sixty-eight that's, million dollars per year until the guy's forty-nine years old. Come on. Yeah. How about this past Thursday night, the Rams on Thursday night football? They invited Otani with a welcome to LA tribute. Uh, I mean. Never mind that he played in the same city. I know. For the six, <laughs> I know. Think he ate. Welcome to L.A., Otani. Yeah, and oh, and the and the Rams jersey. <laughs> Come on, he's but he's been playing there. It's so silly. And the and the rumor was that Yamamoto was supposed to be there that night, but I guess the right the things couldn't come. That uh, that the the deal was it was just announced later that night, but it, he was allegedly he was supposed to be there too. Can you imagine? I mean, another uh, another reason to root against LA. How about so? Then another call you had earlier was talking about how the how much income the Dodgers are going to get with that stadium. Yeah. Well, if if that's true, can they finally fix their outfield wall? Their raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I couldn't come soon enough. Oh but, my god. I mean, yeah. So. Speaking of all this income and all the dis- disparity now with with the the budget, I, I, speaking with, with the Tampa Rays, they they dealt Tyler Glasnow to those and those those Dodgers. Uh, so it's just another like another have and have not situation. Yep. But last year at this time, uh, or uh, the San Diego was trying to prop themselves up as like a major player. Yeah. But I mean, and 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 even they even give a bigger deal, a bigger offer. Do judge, of course, he, he, of course, he denied it. But thank goodness he didn't, because as it turned out, they did not have the funds to over, you know, eventually pay. I mean, because remember you you were mentioning earlier, what if the Dodgers just run out of money later on? Right. It happened to Diego this year. That's why they dealt 
they had to deal Soto because they didn't have the money uh, of his upcoming contract. And they had to take out a $50 million loan mm-hmm. last year because yep. their network went bankrupt. So it's, there's going to be there's going to be more of a disparity in the years to come, and unfortunately, and maybe deferrals are the way to go. But I mean, the big markets are going to be in the mix in the coming years. Yeah, and 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 thanks, Douglas, for the call. And and smaller markets are not. That's it. How, how boring is hot stove going to be? Is it going to be? Oh, is this you know X free agent uh, you know player X coming up? You know, uh, highly coveted. Is he going to go to the Dodgers, the Mets, or the Yankees? Like, how boring is that? Like, being here in New York, too. Like, that is a boring, it's boring for the sport. It's going to turn people away from it. And we just got to a spot where people are watching baseball again. And I'm worried that this is going to be, uh, have a negative effect uh, long term. So we'll see. 877-337-6666, of course, is the phone number to get aboard. Uh, my name is Daniel McCartan. We'll continue with this Yamamoto talk, deferred money, the big picture idea of uh, of what the Otani deferred money could mean for baseball. And and yes, and I got a couple tweets saying this too. Yes, if the Yankees and the Mets thought of it, it'd be it'd be a different tenor. It, I guess it would be, but the Yankees had an opportunity to do it with Judge, I would assume, and and they didn't. Uh, every year he is can account forty million dollars against the luxury tax. So. Um, I just think that the Major League Baseball needs to smarten up, and I'm I'm worried over the next couple of years that it's going to become the wild wild west with with some of these contracts. And you know what else I just thought of? What about the agents? If Otani is making two million dollars this year for the next ten years, then d- does the agent like what kind of percentage does the agent? get a cut of. Maybe they don't like it either. Maybe that's what's going to stop this. Anyway, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. My name is Daniel McCartan with you on The Fan. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Santa baby Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. That is Taylor Swift, as played by Paulie Rosenberg, who hates Taylor Swift, but for the sacrifice of the show. I don't hate Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't hate Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know about that there, Paul. I don't, I'm not, I don't think she's a human god like other people, but I don't hate Taylor Swift. I, I mean, it's clear she ruined the chief season, but, that, but that's it. Okay. <laughs> as I sit here in a Taylor Swift ugly sweater I, I just love her anyway um by the way in the other studio there's an ornament on that tree that says in my kelsey era and it's a taylor swift oh, i like that for her i thought the uh i thought like the inevitable breakup album would be like kansas city nights or just travis oh stop but i like with this so i, I, I like taylor that swift. i have nothing against her oh, i have it. i honestly really don't have anything against oh, taylor swift man. i'd love to be in travis kelsey's uh, like shoes obviously <laughs> nothing against taylor swift Okay. Well, anyway, appreciated the uh, the intro song there. Do you like Mahomes, Patrick? What for, do you mean? for the uh, for the breakup album? Oh, the, get uh, out of here! Get out of here! Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to call. Oh man! All right. Well, anyway, talking free agency, Yamamoto, Otani, you know, deferred money, and what that means for our Mets and our Yankees here, right here on the fan. We go to line four, Kevin in Camden. You're up next here on the fan. How are you? Great. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you about Yamamoto. I mean, the guy, good riddance. You want to be here? I hope the Mets and Yankees get his butt. But I, I'm a little upset about the Mets because Steve Cohen is not going to go after Montgomery. He's not going to go after Snell. He already said himself. They're going to go in the bargain section where they're going to spend on the Michael Lorenzens or the Hunching Ryus or the Sean Maniahs or the Frankie Montas. They're not going to go after the Mage Marquis starting pitches. I, mean, I, I don't know. How, how recently did he say that? Because I think this might have changed up his mind here. It was um, Anthony DeComo. It was like about a day ago. He posted this on MLB.com. But that's hmm. likely the stance that they were going to take. And I'm like, if that's the stance, if that's the stance you're going to take, you're basically punting on this year. And I, and I tell you, and I, I just turned 30 because that's how long it's been since we've, I've, I've talked to you. I, I don't know if I can wait through another rebuild. I'm 30 years old. I don't want to see another rebuild. The Yankees are not going to go. The Yankees are going to go for it, which I'm proud of that. That's about that. Love the love the trades, but I'll get into that another thing. But the, the, for the Mets, you're just you're punting on this year. Like, how are you going to sell us this good stuff? I mean, a whole season of this. I mean, listen, Severino bargaining. I, I'll take it. But you got nothing else. What are you going to What are you going to sell the fan base on? Alonso's freezing year. If the Mets take halfway through the year, they're going to trade him. I mean, you let Alonzo walk. What, like, you let Alonzo walk. I'm sorry. You can't sell me on the match. Because you let Alonzo, he, he is the franchise. You let him walk. What's, what's your plan? Because I'm not buying this Uncle Stevie crap. I'm really I'm really getting to that point with Steve Cohen. I, I'm just, I'm, it's just not my point for me. But you get my point. I, the Mets, what are you doing? Because I want to I know what that plan is. Because, I, you know, I, I applaud you for going after Yamamoto. But you got to go after the other players that sell that too. Yeah. The next so tier, the, you know, the next tier down, not all the way down, but the next tier down. Yeah, but yeah. I, I wish they would do it, but I don't think that's his plan. He said that they're not going to, because they're not going to grab the headlines over next week. So if you're going to go in the bargain market, like, just basically the low pines. I mean, I think we well, were done with this. Listen, Kevin, I, I wouldn't make the Will Pond comparison here because, and, and thanks for the call, because the Will Ponds would have never offered $325 million to, to a Anybody, really. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they would have never ponied up the money for Yamamoto. They would have never bought out Verlander and Scherzer, which I didn't like anyway. But but they would have never done that, you know? So, no. Cohen, while while he hasn't made this Mets team a, a destination just yet, um, I would not. That's not a fair comparison to compare him to the Wilpons because he's not. He's just not. I mean, he is, he's putting the money up, and unfortunately, no one's taking it. No one's taking the bait. So, it's, you know, the, the, whereas the Wilpons would have never put the money up to begin with for any of these guys. So, no, I, to, to me, that's that's not a fair comparison. Let's go to Rick in, uh, sorry, Rich in Brick, New Jersey. What's going on, Rich? Danielle, how are you doing? Great, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, I can't say that I'm not surprised as a Yankees fan. And at the very minimum, it's a shady deal with shades of possibly collusion. I feel that's gone on. Because if you remember going back, and I have a couple other points I'd like to make too. Yamamoto, the free agent who scorned us, agent this. Brian Cashman had beef with him. You think that he was going to say, "Yeah, go to the Yankees. Everything is good." I don't know. No, I th- I, 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 that I think is a moot point. I mean, if the Yankees were the highest bidder, then they would have went there. They weren't the highest bidder though, and they weren't the contract they offered wasn't the longest I, one either. They were, the highest, they were the highest 
paid AV without having to shade any money. But only ten, but only ten stock. years. And but no, no, the Yamamoto, he's getting all his money up front from from both the Mets and the Dodgers. Otani was the one that was shaving the money. But no, I mean the Yankees did not offer. The Yankees offered ten years, three hundred million. Both the Dodgers sure. and the Mets offered three twenty five at twelve. The Yankees, they were in third place. They saw the writing on the wall, and they knew what you know. Knew what, now they need to pivot, and they got to start looking at like making Cashman make earn his money by making trades. Maybe going after Dylan Cease, or maybe making a trade with Marlins for Jesus Luzardo or Cabrera, or maybe even re-signing Montres one-year deal. No, or even going out and getting Shane Bieber. Montas would be an absolute debacle. I don't want any part of that guy. Didn't want him to begin with. But you're right. One year? No. No, 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 no. Prove it. Hey, where was he last year? What did he prove last year? (laughs) Well, he was out for most of the season. Right. He proved nothing. Goodbye. See ya. Good luck. Wherever you're going to go next. I don't want any part of him on the end. You wouldn't want to see Montas. No. No. I didn't want him to begin with. No. Well, you can't bring back Montgomery because Why not? you know he's going to be overpaid. And do you honestly think after Cashman said, "Yeah, you're not good enough for us," you know you can't pitch in the playoffs that he's going to want to come back to this? Money talks. Yeah, are you thinking the Yankees are desperate enough to pay him what other teams are going to pay him? Because I guarantee you that that guy's going to get at least a 160 contract for those who may have missed out on pitching. But this, the market's so thin right now. Is it, is it deferred money? I mean, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? So, uh, listen, I think Jordan Montgomery would be a good fit for this Yankees team. Would he personally want to come back? Uh, maybe not. He might want to go to the Mets instead. So, there's a lot of other options on the table. But knowing – let's zoom out. Let's, let's take the positive here. Knowing the Yankees were going to put up that much money for one player, well, why not pay – Two players with that amount of money. Two pitchers for that amount of money. Why not? Because if the money's there and they were willing to give it, well, reallocate it to somebody else. And you're right. I agree with you. This is where Cashman's going to earn his, his money. This is where this is where he needs to step it up. This pitching rotation, I said it in the open, is Garrett Cole and the question marks. That's what I'm calling it. Nestor Cortez, although he was fantastic that one year, injured. Severino is no more. I mean, just look at this. It's it's it, Rodon. Also, I never wanted him to begin with, but look where we're at with him. Always oft injured. Knew that coming in. I tried to alert everybody, but nope. These two guys need to have a monster year if the Yankees don't don't go out and get the one B to Cole's one A. This is where Brian Cashman is going to earn it. 877-337-6666. That's where I agree with you. We go to Sparky and Dobbs Ferry. What's going on, Sparky? Merry Christmas, Coach. You too. Thank and you. And welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, I am so glad the Yanks did not get a Tani. Because, you know what? It's, it's a baseball issue to me. Not just the money. I mean, think about it. If you sign him, you're not going to get what you're paying for. You're paying for a full-time pitcher, right. all-star, and a full-time hitting all-star. And he has physically shown he can't handle being a full-time pitcher. I mean, think about it. He's already on his second Tommy John. Okay? 
So, also, right, but, but Otani was never on my wish list for the Yankees. Like, he, he never was. Like, he, for that reason, like, they need a pitcher now. Like, they, oh, they don't, and they don't need a designated hitter. The Yankees don't, do not, that's one thing they don't need, a designated hitter. They don't. I mean, coach, you know that's why funny? Otani was on my Mets wish list, not the Yankees. You know, you know what's funny about it, though? Think about it. If there was no such thing as the DH, he wouldn't even be playing this year. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, and and you know what? It would have severely uh, limited his market and where he go, he can go to just to an American League team. You're right. And you know something or two, which I I just don't like the way this guy conducted himself throughout all of this stuff. Because I'm sorry, he did everything to avoid the media. Okay. And all you would have needed is for one media person to ask him, Mister Otani. Do you feel you deserve to get this kind of contract with your history of not being able to pitch full time? What would be his answer? <laughs> he he would dodge it, Sparky. Just like the like the the name on his jersey, he would dodge the question. I am sure about that. Let's go to Mike in Jackson, New Jersey. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Daniel. How you doing? Great. How are you? Good. So, a couple quick points on deferment, right? So. You don't have to go back as far as Bonilla. Edwin Diaz has $26 million deferred on his recent contract, and he's going to get that up through 2042. Um, so it's not new. Like, there, there was no groundbreaking, you know, groundbreaking tactic here from the Dodgers. What is interesting, well, though, wait is— wait a second. His luxury tax salary is, is around—I'm just going to estimate here. It, the luxury tax salary annually is going to be around $20 million. It's not like it's 2 2 2 68 68 No, no, you're totally right. But now with the Otani deal, what's interesting is, and this hasn't gotten a lot of play, when he gets the rest of that in 2033 through 2042, right? Yeah. The $68 million deferred right. every year for those nine years. He's not going to be in the U.S. He's going to be in Japan, right? Probably, maybe, or somewhere else. Okay. He's not going to be subject to the 14% California state tax. So that, that deal saved $100 million in taxes. Even if he goes to Texas or Florida when he gets that money, not even all the way back or Nevada, to Nevada, right? But I, I'm I'm not a tax expert. I guess I'll lean on you for this here. But though, but since he earned the money in California, wouldn't he have to he pay it? He's earning two million a year in California. Okay, when so the Dodgers cut I see. him a check in 2033, uh-huh. wherever that may be, uh-huh. Japan, Texas, Florida, mm-hmm. that's his income tax for that year. He's out of the country, but he only pays federal taxes. Got it. So the standalone California tax rate of like fourteen percent. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He avoids. Yeah. Wow. Right. Look at that. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's it, it's not you know that's the thing I think that that's sort of you know that's going to be a problem in the future also. I mean, when you yep. have all these you know these types of different contracts from for folks from different countries and how those tax laws work. Yep. But you know, beyond all that, I'm a Mets fan. And you don't have to look further than the Braves, right? The, the Mets, this concept where the Mets are going to push in on 2024 and somehow be the front runner for the East, the Braves still have that locked up, Correct. right? I mean, the, the Braves and the contract, and you think about like a, a Spencer Strider, also 25, same mm-hmm. age as Yamamoto, right? Mm-hmm. Has proven himself. The guy's getting $75 million over six years. The Braves have locked up a lot of their young players right. for a very, very, very long time. That's right. And... Maybe a deal like Yamamoto's will get some of those folks to start pausing on those conversations and maybe Spencer Strider sit at home saying, I could have at least gotten 150, <laughs> right? Yeah. And maybe maybe that stops. 
but 2024 for the Mets, 2025, it's going to take, in order to get better than the Braves where they are now, it's not a one year thing, right? Even, yeah, right. even if Otani came here and Trout came here, you'd, you'd probably know better than the Angels. It takes a lot more than just well, Otani right. and, and a guy like Trout. Yeah, and Mike, I think Otani would have made a big difference in year one for this Mets team because they are still looking for a designated hitter, still for years now. Um, and then for the year after that, he would have been filled a, a hole in their starting pitching rotation. He was a perfect fit. Otani was a perfect fit for the Mets, let's be honest. But I understand what you're saying. The Mets, they need to rebuild that bullpen, which, you know, like, like having Otani here, maybe the Mets would have made the playoffs. Maybe. With a new manager, who knows? I don't know. But, I mean, they haven't really done much of anything just yet. I mean, really, nothing splashy, nothing big, nothing marquee. They haven't yet found a designated hitter. They haven't yet really addressed their bullpen other than, oh, Edwin Diaz is coming back. They have a worse starting pitching rotation than the Yankees. That's why I wish they would have held on to Verlander, but here we are. So, yeah, the the Mets have a lot of holes. And (laughs) hopefully with this Yamamoto thing and over the next week that I'll be with you here on the fan, hopefully uh, the Mets start to make a a lot of different moves and and the Yankees as well. Hopefully Yamamoto was the one domino that's going to start pushing the rest of them over. I'll be right here with you to to talk about it and and to go over it and and to dissect it all. And uh, here's another thing. Captain Judge, Aaron Judge, to the rescue. I mean, I want to talk about the signings, and we could switch, uh, flip the script a little bit to the Yankees. The signings of Alex Verdugo and Juan Soto, to me, represent a great positive shift in the Yankees' organizational thinking. I'm Daniel McCartan, and I'm thinking it all circles back to Aaron Judge. 877-337-6666. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. What till so four? Here on this Christmas Eve Eve, Saturday the 23rd, happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you for making us, Paul and I, part of your holiday weekend. Uh, It's been all baseball, and it's great. And um, I'd like to talk about this because I want to point out that Juan Soto and Alex Verdugo are exactly what the doctor ordered for this Yankees team, Santa brought two great presents for this Yankees offense. And and I'm seeing, finally, for the first time in years, a a, a philosophical shift happening with this offense. And I think it all goes back to October 1st because Aaron Judge told the group of assembled media, this is an exact quote. He said, I think it's just looking at the right numbers. You get a lot of numbers, but I think maybe we might be looking at the wrong ones. We need to maybe value some other ones that people might not see as having value, but when you're playing 162 games and you got to grind and play through things, I think there's certain things that you can't put a number on. That's from Aaron Judge back on October 1st. And then he continued with, I think there's some stuff that happened this year that opened some people's eyes. Number one, Captain Judge gets it. And number two, with the signings of Soto and Verdugo so far, 
it, it seems as though the organization is listening to him. There is a shift happening. Make no mistake about it. Because I just hope that they are looking at numbers like, and call me old school, but but batting average. And that other old school number called on base percentage. And those things called extra base hits. And, and maybe a real emphasis on achieving the lowest strikeout rate possible when you're standing there in a batter's box. And I did a little research. That should be my catchphrase. I did a little research because I was curious, like, where in those four categories at least, and and very quickly I did this, but for Verdugo and Soto, last season, 2023, their numbers on batting average, on base, strikeout percentage, and extra base hit percentage, where those would fit into last year's 2023 Yankees. How would they stack up against last year's Yankees? And I used the offensive numbers of every single Yankee that stood at the plate with a bat in his hands. Even even just one time. Like every Yankee that had that bat, that's who I compared them against. So in terms of batting average, if you inserted Verdugo, he would have finished third on the team. Three hundredths of a decimal point behind Judge. Now, okay, take him out, put Soto in. Soto would have had the best batting average on the team. And fan graphs... Projects both guys to go up in this category next season. Look at on-base percentage. Old school, right? Insert Verdugo into last year's Yankees. Fourth. He'd be fourth on a team. Just three hundredths of a decimal point behind LeMahieu. Now take him out. Insert Soto. On-base percentage, Soto would have been first. Would have been the best on the team. And Fangraphs, yes, again, projects both of these guys to go up in this category. Strikeout percentage, Right? Yeah, all the Yankees, all they do is strike out, right? Okay. I use this with the guys with the most plate appearances because it got a little crazy, you know, a little skewed um, for guys that had only like 20, you know what I mean? So the guys with the most plate appearances, top nine, put in Verdugo, he would have had the second lowest strikeout percentage, only behind Glaber Torres. 7.8% better than league average. Okay. Then you take him out, you put Soto in. Soto would have had would also have had the second lowest strikeout percentage. 5% better than league average. So you imagine that? Brian Cashman brought in guys that would have had the second and third lowest strikeout rate on the team last year. To me, that's not a coincidence. Extra base hits. Again, the guys with the most plate appearances. Insert Verdugo. Would have been second best on the team, only behind Judge. 1.1% better than league average. Take him out, put Soto in. Would have been second best on the team, only behind Judge. 1.6% better than league average. Can you imagine that? Brian Cashman brought in guys that would have had the second and third best extra base hit percentage on the team last year? This is deliberate. This shift in in emphasizing the, the importance of other statistics is important, and it's deliberate, and it's not a coincidence. So if you keep building this, in the right way this offseason, and you keep focusing on those, what I defined as more important numbers that Judge talked about and alluded to, I mean, this is finally, with the the acquisition of Soto and Verdugo, these are two philosophy-shifting offensive players for this Yankees team in this upcoming season, and I love it, and it's finally happening. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. We go to Nick in Wyckoff. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? 
great. So I, I totally agree with you. Cashman did fill the holes that were needed uh, in the lineup-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at two guys that actually get on, get on base and that can put the ball in play. I mean, that was a huge struggle for us last year yep. with all the strikeouts and everything. But looking at this rotation now and all this pitching, that it's it's a huge problem for us. I mean, can can guys stay healthy, guys like Nestor? What, what is Rodon going to do? Is he going to be contract year Rodon, or is he just going to conform to what we saw last year? Yep. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed. Yep. And um, – He's a big, he, he is a big X factor for this team. Either he could be great, like you said, or he can be awful, and he can't be the one B to, to Cole's one A. I agree with you. He's a huge X factor, probably the biggest one on the team going into next year. I 100 percent agree. And the the thing that I'm concerned about too is the the Verdugo Soto are those those are fixes in the short term. We have them both off off one, on one year. Um, like, is that, like, going forward, like, I mean, it's a short-term fix. But we need to find that long-term play, someone to stay in, in that lineup for, right. for the long term. Because, right. you know, it's going to be it's gonna be tough to compete, you know, with the Orioles and who have all these guys for, like, these young guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to have them for a long time. Yep. So, I mean, it, in the short term, it's a good fix, but we need to, to figure out something long-term. Well, I, I think, Nick, and thanks for the call, I, and I think, right, while you're right, these guys – may or may not be on the team beyond next year. I think the philosophy shift is important. They are finally realizing that what they have been doing hasn't been working. And they've kind of, I, I hope, I, I hope this means that they've scrapped their their blueprint. They're drawing up a new one. Guys that can get on base. Guys that have bat-to-ball skills, as Verdugo told me in, in the Zoom. Because that was a question I asked. And, and I'll play that audio for you a little bit later. But uh, I, I just hope that this is, is signif- signifying an offensive shift in this Yankees team. Captain Judge nailed it on the head. And, and it seems that the Yankees are listening to him, which is amazing. Worth all, every penny of the $40 million he's going to earn next year, right? Nothing deferred. 877-337-6666. A quick break. An Emmanuel Barbari update. My name is Daniel McCartney. For one more hour. Right here. Oh, Merry Christmas from your friends at The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome in to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartney. Heading with you for one more hour here on this Christmas Eve, 2023. Happy holidays to you and to yours. Uh, you know, I was just looking out the window. It looks like it's going to snow. However, there's no precipitation in the forecast, according. Well, let me ask the resident meteorologist here, Paul. Is there any precipitation in the forecast? No, nothing. None. I don't think any snow. It's uh, too warm in the atmosphere the past week. I mean, it was 55 here about like six or seven days ago. Yeah. So, <sighs> Well, I, I, for one, like a, like a white Christmas, but not this year. No, nobody needs that we've been very good with snow so far this winter. I fear that January, January and February might be a little bit rough around the edges when it comes to snow. Yeah. But so far, it's been a very, very calm and docile winter. Yes. 
usually happens in March when we're ready to start softball practice and there's snow all right. over. I mean, listen, I've <laughs> golfed twice in December, so I am thrilled. <laughs> all right, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call on this. Uh, the day, fo- Technically, the day following the Yamamoto decision, uh, he's a Dodger. He's not a Yankee, nor a Met, um, and all made possible by the fact that Shohei Otani deferred millions and millions and millions of his money to be able to make room to to afford Yamamoto. I think it should be illegal. Although at this current moment, it is not. I think it should be. And also, the fact that Alex Verdugo and Juan Soto on the New York Yankees represent a shift in their organizational approach to... The offense, to restructuring the offense, and I think that is fantastic. So those were the two main topics so far from today. And, of course, we'll add your voice to it. Again, 877-337-6666. We go to John and Maspeth. What's going on, John? Danielle, how's it going? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. So, uh, you know, I've been doing um, a little research into everything with the Yamamoto and the Otani deal mm-hmm. and um, – Major League Baseball is going to have a big problem on its hands come 2026 when the current CBA is expired. Mm-hmm. Um, these big market teams that were usually allies when it comes to negotiating a new CBA are upset at the Dodgers over what happened this offseason now with Otani and now Yamamoto. Um Major League Baseball also has to ensure that the Dodgers don't hold a monopoly on talent coming from Japan. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way it's kind of heading now. And there's going to have to be some kind of reform on how talent from other countries come to, um, come to play here in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. are picking and choosing a team. Now, whether or not that's, you know, you go to a draft or international money, but the whole process of posting and picking a team and, you know, obviously players in Japan favored the West Coast teams Mm -hmm. because of the time zone. Well, I mean, Senga didn't. Senga's a Met. Yeah. But, But, yeah, I'm with you. Deferred money? Yeah. You know, how it works? is kind of contradictory because in the CBA, it states, you know, there's no limit on the amount deferred. But Major League Baseball also has has a rule where teams can incur over $125 million of debt. Now, deferred money is, in a way, debt, but the CBA kind of overrides that. Right. Now, with Otani's contract, you know, it's he's getting paid $2 million a year for 10 years. But, and then 68 you know, after 68 that. Come on, that's ridiculous. What a retirement plan, huh? But the current, the current value is $460 million, $46 million. Now, that's the amount that's going to count towards the luxury tax. You're going to start seeing these teams that are going to be saying, no, wait, we've... We don't want $46 million counting towards the luxury tax. We want the full amount. We want the $70 million a year to right. count towards the luxury tax. Right. 
Now, a big reason why the Dodgers did this also is the group that owns them is an investment group, the the Guggenheim Group. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is is that they're not in the business of holding on to the team forever. Oh, so they're you think they're going to sign group. it and dump them? They, yes. Now, when you have an asset and it goes up in value, you pay a capital gains tax, right? So say if they bought the team for $3 billion, they sell it for $5 billion, you pay a capital gains mm-hmm. tax on a $3 billion profit. Right. But what happens is the debt is written off. Hmm. So now if they sell the team for a $3 billion profit, they can turn around and say, we have a debt of $680 million right. in Otani's deferred deal. Now we don't got to pay tax on that oh. when they go and sell the team. And one of the guys who is rumored to want to buy the Dodgers in the future is Casey Wasserman, the guy who is the head of the agency for Yamamoto right. and Tyler Glass now. Uh-huh. So... John, you're on to something here, I think. It's a big problem on its hands, you know, and um, it's going to be really interesting after the 2026 season, you know. We got three years of baseball left before we finally see, you know, these big market teams fighting against each other, you know. And, um, yeah, any any team can, can do what the Dodgers just did, at least for the next three years. But I guarantee, you know, after three years, we're not going to see anything like 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 this again, especially with how the rule contradicts itself. Like I said earlier, how Major League Baseball does not allow teams to go into debt over 125 million dollars. Yeah, and, like we and, just saw with the Padres, they had a 50 million dollar loan and they had to get rid of that quick because they don't want the the league to to go ahead and take over the team. Right, and this is, John, this is major wide-angle lens here, and and I agree with you, and I think you might be onto something, and we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see until until that $68 million starts to count. And I hope I'm here to talk with you about it. I do, right here, in this exact chair. I hope so. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Kevin in Ocean City, New Jersey. What's going on, Kevin? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Uh, um, Not to get into weeds too much, but I'm kind of agree with everything that's been said but um it's like we said with the shift change and everything mm-hmm. so and the Mets did something that a lot of teams didn't do we we got an ultimate ship a shift shaper his name is Stern he's been doing this for years mm-hmm. so he he knows how to do it and a lot of these big market teams don't know how to do it and they haven't done it that's why they haven't been winning anything but even when he had a small, when with the small market and the small money he had, he know he knew how to maneuver. Mm-hmm. And now he has money on top of that. Right. And as far as making deals, Cole's been making deals all his life. I mean, probably bigger deals than anybody in baseball ever made. You know, <laughs> yeah. so he's not intimidated by anybody, uh-huh. Scott Balls, and he's not intimidated. And we have a, a big bargaining chip in Alonzo. You know, we haven't heard anything, but that's a big bargaining chip. And I'm a Mets fan, but. Business is business, <laughs> you know, depending upon what we can get and, and everything. Alonzo's not no – it's not absolutely sure he's going to be here if it, if it works to our advantage. Well, you know what, and that's the thing too. Like when you when you think about Boris and, and Cohen not being scared of, of working with him, 
I don't know. As a fan, that might that, that might scare me because if hey, if if Steve Cohen's not going to take you know BS from from Boris, well then Boris is just going to move his client on. He's well, going to get paid well, elsewhere. Well, here's where Stern. That's where Stern comes in. Yeah, because he's more he's more baseball than Cohen. Yeah, and that's why we got Stern because he's been doing this for a long time and he knows how to maneuver that market. Yeah, you're right. You know that's that's what he's there for, and um, you know, and now he's got the comfort of some big money behind that he didn't have before, which is even more so. So now Cone's got a a good baseball man in his corner, and let's let's rock and roll. And let's see, because it wasn't Billy in Epler. I mean, let's be honest, it wasn't him. And and I think that was the first mistake that Steve Cohen made. Not that he makes many, but that was was a big one. That was a big one. I don't know where that guy came from. He was awful. And, um, And let's see what Stearns can do. You know, it's kind of like the wait-and-see approach. Uh, absolutely. We go to Frank and Mignola. What's going on, Frank? How you doing, Danielle? Great. Um, I got two Good. I got two points. Okay. Um, one with the Verdugo thing you brought up. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you, know, you brought up how he came to the Yankees, organizational shift. And, you know, he was ran out of Boston. I, I understand that. Lazy. Yeah. He, 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 okay. He played in Fenway Park, mm-hmm. and he's a left-handed hitter. He's 13 home runs. Okay, I so mean, I asked him about I mean, are that. Are we missing something? Yeah, Frank, like, I, I asked him about and, that. And Boston okay. traded him within okay. their rival. I don't think Boston thinks too much about Alex Verdugo. Okay, so... I uh, so, traded him to the Yankees. Okay. My turn, yeah? Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, asked him, I asked him about that uh, on the Zoom, about the short porch at right field. And, um, and, and I'll play for that audio for you in about six minutes. Um, but And then the other thing is... He, on that Zoom call, mentioned a, a fresh start, a new start. Like, I, I, I wasn't counting, but I would estimate five or six times on a 27-minute Zoom call. So I'm optimistic that, you know what, coming to the Yankees will be a fresh start for this guy. Maybe he just didn't get along with his manager, and, and, and that's huge, right? That, it's a personality yeah, thing yeah, with absolutely. the manager. That's huge. Absolutely. So let's see. Let's wait and see because what I saw from him, and, and listen, I didn't see him in person. I haven't seen him play in a Yankee uniform. The spring training hasn't started, and it was obviously the only the introductory press conference. But I saw a guy that's got a little swagger to him that's that will do anything, hit anywhere in that lineup, and he has bat-to-ball skills. I think the Yankees could take a good chance on that, and I think they could shove okay. it down the Red Sox throats for a long time. I hope. Now, Danielle, I want to shift another thing. I'm a Mets fan. I'm just and I, and I talk baseball. Sure. I'm, I'm very worried, right? I'm I'm a little worried right now because with the Mets, I mean, I, I trust David Stearns. I was never Yamamoto. I wanted nothing to do with that guy's never thrown a pitch in this country. I don't believe you hand out somebody a contract like that. The Dodgers are going to get burnt on that. Yep, and I don't care. Yep, good. Okay. Anybody say and good, and I think the okay. entire league will rejoice for for that. Okay, Danielle. Okay, and this is where I, I like Steve Cohen, but Steve Cohen last year, if you remember, the thing with Correa, and it went bad. And before he got Correa, he said, "This is the missing piece." Right. We then miss on Correa, and he has Daniel Vogel back as the DH. Okay, wait. I am worried now uh-huh, uh-huh. that. I keep hearing Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito is a number five starter. Yeah. The Mets have four number five starters on the staff right now. Yes. Okay? Yep. So I don't know what, you know, and Cohen say, oh, we're not going to, and I'm not, go, I'm not saying go over pay for Snell, go over pay, 
but you have to do something. You do. Because you have a $100 million closer that will never see the ball if this is your starting location. That's right. I just want to see your opinion. That is a total, Frank, thanks for the call there. That is a total. you know, you're allowed. You're allowed to to think that because that is a totally valid. That's what I'm looking for. That's a totally valid concern, right? Diaz might not get the ball if that's. I, mean, I called it in my opening a couple hours ago. Now I called it Kodai Senga, uh, some question marks, and the quadruple A's. Like that's what I called the Mets starting pitching rotation as it sits right now. They're gonna need to make a move, and maybe you know what. Maybe they go out and they, they overpay for one of those those top-tier-ish guys, a Snell or any one of those Cs to make a trade for him. You know, maybe they have to go and do that because as it sits right now, this rotation is not – I mean, this rotation says punt on the season. Let's be honest. Let's look at it objectively. Kodai Senga and who else? Question marks and quadruple-A guys. And, you know, I, I would – you use the word – do you use the term miss on Springer? I prefer to use the word pass on Springer. And the medicals weren't good, and, and the Mets weren't the only team to pass on him. So I wouldn't call it a miss. I would call it a pass. And I thought it was a very smart move, and I said it at the time. It was a very smart move to pass on Springer. But I know the point you're making. He was the missing piece. Well, no, the, the Mets have a lot of missing pieces on this team. And I, the mistake that they made last year, and I said it when it happened, they should have kept Verlander. Should have. Now, now... Like, had they kept Verlander, it would have been Verlander 1, Senga 2, and this Yamamoto thing wouldn't have been such a big deal. But the Mets needed him, and so did the Yankees. That's the thing. 877-337-6666. We've got to Astoria. Lou, what's going on? Hey. How you doing, Daniela? I'm good. How are you? Merry Christmas. You too. Thank Welcome you. Welcome back. Welcome back. We miss you. Yeah, thanks. I miss this, you too. This Yamamoto stuff is, is ridiculous because, you know what? Um, he never wanted to come to New York. He, never, he just played us so he can get the most money. And Steve did everything he could, yep. okay, even though I'm a Yankee fan. Yes, he could. He flew to Japan. Yep. He invited to his house. Correct. The only thing that Steve didn't take a gamble was because since the Dodgers were playing him, I would have said, Yamamoto, he has said, $400 million, let the Dodgers match that and screw the Dodgers <laughs> because they were going to match it anyway. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And you know what? And, they, and then the Dodgers wouldn't really, you know, get screwed. That's the way, that's that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. And it never happened, but it's okay, you know. But, you know, as far as deferred money is concerned, do you know that we have a player from the Mets that's still getting paid, we got the same deal a long time ago, and Bobby Bonilla. Yes. And people don't talk about that. Yeah. He's no. been going around for a long time. Yeah, we mentioned now, it. He makes $1.2 million a year from the Mets. Can you imagine until, until he dies? Can you imagine? It's, no. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and Max Scherzer is doing the same thing. I don't know how he got his. I'm not aware of it if you want to check it. But anyway, I, I, I believe that uh, our Yankees, I'm going to tell you something, but Douglas, he already said it. He's going to come to the Yankees and fall into that launch angle situation. Now he wants to eat 10 more homers because he says the porch is right there. And then you know what? And then we're wasting our time. Uh, and, and and Soto, I hope he doesn't have a bad style like he always does, because our fans will go crazy on it. And well, right. another point: yep. if everybody thinks that that, that Otani is going to get seven hundred million dollars and take a plane like he does a lotto and take over and don't pay taxes, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Uncle Sam will not let you get away with that. That's ridiculous. Don't let anybody tell you that because we know we taxpayer. Okay, even when we hit the 
they're out, okay? You got to pay so much money. It's incredible. Like, you, you have they give you, you get half. half of it. Yeah, like my paychecks. I get half of it, Lou. I know. I get it. I know. I, I see gross pay, and I'm like, yeah, it's gross because that's how much money they take out of it. I know. But since we've alluded to it a few times here, um, I, I was invited to be part of the um, the Soto and the Verdugo uh, virtual press conferences. Um, of course, I'm Daniel McCartan, and, and, and while I didn't get an opportunity to ask Soto a question, I absolutely actually really loved how Verdugo answered the three that I had. So I've I've got those audios for you coming up next right here on The Fan. Happy holidays from your friends at The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. fire. I remember playing this song on my trumpet as a kid. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide cows being sung by choir. <laughs> Trying to do the harmony here. And folks dressed All right, Paul. up like I, I love the, the tracks you got playing uh, on this I tried Christmas to up from the originals. Yeah. To some EDM, to yeah. some Taylor. I've tried to switch it up. I like. Do you know what's interesting about this? What's that? Do you have you ever had chestnuts? No, but I've roasted seen them chestnuts on an open fire. I, I've seen them for sale. I've never no. You're supposed to eat them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a, I guess that's a that's a good response. <laughs> if anybody out there knows our chestnut, our roasted, I would think you can eat roasted chestnuts because you can eat like roasted peanuts and stuff when they yeah. on the streets, right? Right. I'm assuming it's an edible peanut. I would think. I, I, I don't know. Or it's a chestnut, not a peanut, but. I, that's a good question. I don't know. Right? Like, are, or are they just there for, like, aromatic purposes? I think you can eat them. No. <laughs> We're getting to the bottom of it today. Some investigative journalism. Somebody call in and tell me, <laughs> are chestnuts edible? I'm going to go with yes. Right. No, I, I, I want to confirm it, though. All right. Let's see. Let's see if Joe in the Bronx knows this. Hey, Joe. Are chestnuts yeah. edible? Do you know that? Yeah. Uh, Joe, are you talking to us or uh, who else? I'm talking to you, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so so you can eat chestnuts? I don't know. Okay. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> I just want to talk about Yamamoto real quick. Okay. Um, I think Dodgers are going to be fine. I mean, they're owned by the richest owners in baseball. I mean, uh, the Guggenheim Group are worth... $200 billion. Let's, let's get real here. It, it was a business decision to move that contract back 10 years. It's a, you know, that's what business, the successful business families do. They try to get out of paying money. If they can find a tax loophole that are, you know, and I know there are millions of tax loopholes for the rich that they can get in and out of. I don't know the intricate of it, but if anybody thinks that Dodgers are going to get screwed out of this deal, even if old Tani and Yamamoto, especially Yamamoto flop, that Dodgers are going to be fine. And the Guggenheim group are not going to go bankrupt over this. They're not. All right, Joe. That's one way to look at it. But I hope they flop, and I hope they flop hard. Let's go to uh, let's go to John and Scotch Plains. What's going on, John? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. Listen, uh, talking about the Bobby Bonilla deferred contract, I'm old enough to remember, and I was also a season ticket holder then. It, the the uh, Wilpons deferred 
the remainder of his salary when they released him. They went to Major League Baseball and basically cried poverty, but mm-hmm. they couldn't afford to pay him. And I think if it was somewhere like nine or $10 million that they owed him over the balance of that contract. And that's what they deferred out. It wasn't a, a free agent signing where they deferred his contract in this way. And Major League Baseball had to approve it, if I remember right back then. So th- this is a little bit different. Okay. This, in this case, this is just a, hey, you're a free agent. We're going to give you uh, $700 million, but 680 of it is going to come after you're probably retired at this point. We're going to pay you out over mm-hmm. 30 years. Mm-hmm. So this is a completely different ball game. Hey, sure. kudos to the Dodgers. I'm a Mets fan. Kudos to the Dodgers for coming up with it. Yeah, really. But I'm more annoyed at Major League Baseball. Correct. Because they actually, like I said, going back to then, the Wilpons had to go to Major League Baseball. And if I remember right, they were saying they wouldn't make their payroll the following year and would need Major League help. And that's the only reason Major League Baseball allowed them to defer the Bonilla contract. Got it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I mean, mean, this is all something that's – I didn't know that, obviously. Um but, um, yeah, it's just – listen, a caller earlier said if the Yankees or Mets had come up with a plan, the, the whole sentiment about this would have been different. And, and, and maybe it would have been. But either way, the, it's still – it shouldn't be allowed. I mean, it just shouldn't be allowed. I just – but the thing is it can't get changed till like, mid, the stroke of midnight on December 2nd, 2026. And I'm just worried that from now until then, you know, well, what's going to happen? You know, I don't know. We've got to, um, we have to go up to to the nutmeg state here. Cole in Connecticut, he's going to weigh on in on this uh, this chestnuts thing. What's going on, Cole? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I've had chestnuts before. I've had them three times. Okay. I had them in uh, New York, France, and uh, I tried to make it myself. It wasn't so good when I made it myself. Okay, but they they taste so good. Really? Well, like, what 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 do yeah. they taste like? They're pretty sweet. They're pretty big, but they're in the shell. That's like, if you buy them from somebody, they kind of open the shell up for you. But okay. if you do them at home, it's it's pretty hard to open up the shell. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, well, thanks for weighing in on that, Cole. And I, by the way, Paul, I've gotten many tweets now that says chestnuts are edible and often eaten during the late fall and winter. They're edible, very popular in France, apparently. I learned that. I'll have to verify that with a French teacher at school. Right. Again, we thought they were edible. Yeah. I just I want to know about the roasting chestnuts on an open fire. Uh-huh. I assume they were edible. Like, they, it, it's a nut. It's well, a peanut. This guy, Paul Darty, uh, he says, Paul from Memphis, chestnuts are edible, and he sent me a picture of, in his refrigerator, a box of organic roasted chestnuts, shelled and ready to eat, as right. the last and caller I, was saying. And I believe, I, I thought they were also on the sweeter side, not the not like a savory side. Hmm. I, uh, this is all new to me today. All of it. We've got Danny wants to weigh in on this, too. What's going on, Danny? Danny from uh, South Plainfield. Hi, Danielle. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. I, I see you on Facebook all the time, man. Nobody's got it better than you. What you're, do you mean? Living it up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has it better than you. Uh, I work hard for it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I, I, the whole chestnut thing, I yeah. come from an old world Italian family, mm-hmm. and my mother would roast chestnuts in the oven. And let me tell you, you walk in the house, you smell those things roasting in the oven. Say, holy cow! You could eat, you you can you can eat forever, and it makes you so hungry. And they're really, really good. They are they are kind of sweet, and if you roast them in the oven, the shells open up themselves, so that they're they're easy to to get into and eat. Hmm. 
Mm. But, but yeah, you can't eat them. They're, they're great. I'm surprised oh. uh, my mom never made them. I just texted her, have you ever had roasted chestnuts? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming from pretty much the same background here, Danny. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we've never had them then. I don't know. I, I don't know, but you should try them. They're really, really good. All right. Put it uh, on my I list. Just, just one quick thing about the, this Yamamoto and, and Otani. I'm, I'm, in a way, I'm kind of glad the Yankees didn't go in on these guys. Yeah. I just can't see spending all that money on two guys and, you know, What's going to happen when they when the Yankees come to like some lean years and now they got all this money wrapped up in two guys? Yep. You know, it's 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 kind of tough. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that they stayed away from them or, or didn't get them. But uh, I'm I'm a diehard Yankee fan and I'm I'm hoping for a great year this year. Yeah, and you know what, Danny? I think uh, crisis averted. Uh, you know, first of all, the Otani thing, the Yankees. Uh, to me, should have never even been, had shown any sort of inkling of interest towards him, and, and I'm glad that they didn't. Uh, I'm a little surprised by the Mets, but you know. Uh, I thought that would be a good fit. But, um, you know, I, I think, and here's another thing, too, and, and we can talk about this in a second, but um, I think I think Alex Verdugo is going to be a, a, a fan favorite this season. And I, I, he just he, he seems that he's got a little swagger about him, something the Yankees were hoping to get from Josh Donaldson. Um, here's, when I asked him on the Zoom, um, here's the answer he gave to me about how he plans to use that short porch over there in right field. I think we'll, I mean, we'll find out during the season, but I'd like to say that, you know, uh, I've hit a lot of line drives to Fenway's right field that have been at the warning track that would be home runs in New York. So um, I will just see, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll see how it is. And, you know, hopefully it benefits me um, a lot more, you know, hopefully we can sneak out five, 10 more home runs just, just out of that. And hopefully, right? And we'll see. And and I'm going to believe him when he says that those home runs would have been. I mean, right? So I, I think the guys, he, he, the Verdugo, he's got an, like an affable nature about him. And, and he said, I asked him too. I was like, Hey, like, what do you think your bleacher creature roll call is going to be? And he kind of smiled and he was like, oh, I'm kind of easy into it. Like he said, uh, We got to figure that out. Maybe a casual at first, a little wave. Ah, oh, come on. I, I want to almost say like, No, man, go for it. But um, I, I think the most quantifiable thing that I think the Yankees fans, his universe is going to like about him is that he's played in almost every single game over the past three seasons. I mean, what more could you ask for in a team full of Giancarlo Stantons, <laughs> in a way, right? And, and and I know Jerry Recco played some of the clips from the audio from my questions, uh, was it Friday, yesterday, it feels so long ago, uh, but in his updates uh, yesterday morning, so thanks Jerry for that, but in case you missed it, here's the, the full um, audio of the best question, in my opinion, that, that I asked Alex Verdugo. Knowing what this Yankees lineup needs up close with the Red Sox, what's your best asset and skill set to improve it? I think for me, man, it, I can kind of be wherever in the lineup. You know what I mean? I could be at the top of the lineup to, to you know, work at bats, see pitches, get on base. Um, I could be in the middle of the lineup for, you know, when, when some of the guys are on base that, you know, I, I – I can shoot a hole. I can hit a gap or every once in a while I run into one where it, it will leave the park. But um, I just feel like, you know, my bat to ball skills is, is, is a really good thing that it's probably my, one of my biggest strengths. And sometimes it's a weakness to where you make, you know, weak contact. But the fact is that um, I can put the barrel of the bat on the ball and it's just, you know, I think talking to judge, talking to Soto, talking to Rizzo, talking to these guys about hitting, and trying to understand a little bit more and about leverage and, you know, maybe just getting the ball out in front a little bit more. I think we could really take off and, and, 
and, you know, have a little bit more power numbers, even though that's not what I'm looking for, but it's just more quality contact and things like that. So I, I, I kind of see myself fitting in wherever, and that, that's kind of how I've always felt with um, all 30 big league teams. I think I can be one through five, one through six on every big league team. I thought that was a pretty good question, if I do say so myself. But I just loved his answer. His versatility in hitting in different spots in the lineup, his what he called bat-to-ball skills, which I think had been completely lacking on this team in the past couple years. He said, I see myself fitting in wherever, the flexibility of that. You know, I just – we were just talking about how, how Soto and, and he represent the shift in this Cashman philosophy, and, and this is exactly what I meant by that. So I think it's great news. Um, and he also ended the Zoom call by saying, of course, with a smile, he said, be easy on me, New York media. Well, I'd have to say this. Your play, your attitude. Um, again, he referenced a new beginning multiple times throughout that Zoom call. Um, that's ultimately going to dictate the narrative. So um, I just have this feeling, and I know Gio said it yesterday too, I just think he's going to be a fan favorite. It's like, it's, like Gio said, it's Nick Swisher type. I don't know, man. All right, one more segment to go. I, I did have to give my Jets prediction because they do play tomorrow. And uh, Ian Rappaport, there's some news surrounding the Jets. And yes, uh, you know what? I'll give it to you now. I hate that, right? He, he tweeted the Jets just a little while ago. The Jets are set for a do-over in 2024. Sources say there is no indication owner Woody Johnson will make a change. A sign that coach Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas will be back. Just as expected. Maybe we could transition to some Jets football. I see you on hold. I'll get to you. My name is Daniel McCartan with you till four right here on the fan. Call us 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. Wrapping up here. Uh, it's been a very heavy baseball show, but uh, again, to repeat, Ian Rappaport just tweeted out a little while ago that uh, there is a sign uh, that, here, I'll just read it. Sources say there is no indication owner Woody Johnson will make a change, a sign that Coach Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas will be back. Again, my name is Daniel McCartan, taking you till 4 o'clock right here on WFAN, as expected, right? And, um... You know, for tomorrow, I mean, what happens when you have the Jets' league-worst offense taking on the Commanders' league-worst defense? I mean, it's hardly an equation for Sir Isaac Newton to get involved with. Um, but one we have to at least take a look at. Um, Zach Wilson out with a concussion. Uh, Simeon and, and Rippon, those are the guys that are, that are going to be the quarterbacks uh, for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers will be active, but not the third quarterback, just so you know. He will not play in this game. Uh, it, it's just the, the game's going to be a gigantic lump of coal. Brutal. Uh, Simeon, the fourth different quarterback to start for the Jets over the 15 games, including tomorrow, so far this season. Um, hey, maybe you can look at Garrett Wilson. He needs 112 more yards to crack 1,000 for the second time in his two-year career, which is quite impressive considering the the caliber of quarterback that he has been catching passes from over the past two seasons. So, um, I don't know, man. As we sit today, the Jets have the seventh overall pick in the draft. The Giants have the sixth. And um, the Jets are officially one of only three teams. I'm sorry, one of only six teams mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. So, here's the prediction. I hope I'm wrong, I guess. But I'm going Commanders 20, Jets 10. Commanders 20, Jets 10. I hope I'm wrong, I, I guess. 
Um, at this point, if they win, cool. If they lose, just keep on trucking for a higher draft pick. Not that I'm considering tanking. I'm not advocating for tanking, but if it, if it happens that way, it is what it is. 877-337-6666. We go to, we got two calls here. We go to Max in Nyack, New York. What's going on, Max? Merry Christmas, Danielle. You too. Thank you. Well, ouch. That just hurt me because I didn't play in a knockout pool for about 21 years. I never hit it. And this week, in a knockout pool, I'm still alive. Yeah, wow. Good for you. So, and guess who I have? <laughs> oh, no. You picked the Jets? Yes. Uh, well, good luck yeah. for you. Well, I only have three teams left. Yeah, I know. I, I The Steelers knocked me out. What was that, last week? I hate the Steelers. I'll never pick oh. them again. I hate them. Oh. Well, good luck to you, though. I, I, can you follow up with me? I'm going to be on a bunch this week. Follow up with me, okay? Yeah, I will. Listen, listen. Last thing is, uh, I'm a I'm a Don Bosco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering about real quick. What do you feel about Tommy next year? Is he, is he going to make the second string? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you Max. know the first string quarter. Right. You know it's Daniel Jones, and that's a good of call course. there, Max. And I appreciate the call. Hang up so you can hear the answer here. Um, yes, I do think Tommy. Uh, DeVito will be the Giants' backup quarterback next year. I think Tyrod Taylor, they t- they say chow-chow to him, and I think it'll be DeVito for sure. Yes. And I think he's earned it, and I think that's what we're going to be looking at over the next you know, couple weeks here. But, yes, I, I, in my heart of hearts, you know, also logist- logically speaking, yes, I do think so. So good for you, Don Bosco Prep, and, and I guess good luck to the Jets tomorrow so you can, you can take home a win. Uh, we go to uh, Birkenfield, New Jersey, which is my neck of the woods. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, Danielle. Hey. Big fan. I'm actually a Ramapo alum myself, so it's awesome to hear you on the fan. Oh, Ramapo College? Yes, Ramapo College. Very cool. So I just wanted to to call in on the Yamamoto stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm at a point with Hal and and Brian Cashman where I'm extremely frustrated. You know, I, I feel like if you're courting this guy as aggressively as you are, you're doing all the nonsense with the Matsui jersey, all this. Mm-hmm. To come up with the shortest, well, not the largest offer, to me, it just looks really bad on them. Well, you don't, honestly, that's the part of negotiating. You you don't know what the other's offers are. You know what I mean? You don't know. You just do what you think is best and how much you can handle, and that's it. So you don't think that he gave them a chance to match, or no? Went he did back not. To them? He did not. He, the, no, he gave the Dodgers the chance to match, and, and and that's it. I don't think he ever wanted to be a Yankee. I think he's just going for it to try to drive up the you know the inherent um, New York battle, drive up the price from the Mets by, by doing it. He, he was he was a cold hearted, calculated guy in doing all this for sure. So uh, no, I don't think he ever had any interest in being a Yankee. No. I don't know what happened to your, your line there, Brandon. Uh, but, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, of course, the Yankees had, of the three teams, the Yankees had the worst deal on the table. That's a fact. Ten years, $300 million. Where the other two, the Dodgers and the Mets, 12 years, 325 And I don't know. Not, nothing I've read so far has indicated that Yamamoto gave went back to the Yankees and said, hey, here's what I got. Can you match it? No, he did that with the Dodgers because all along he wanted to be a Dodger. I don't think he ever wanted to be a Yankee, and that's fine. Let's just shellack him at the stadium in in, uh, in June, and at City Field in May. That's fine. Yankees will Yankees will be all right. They'll find a rebound plan, a pivot plan, and um, we'll talk about that in the coming days. Because I'll be with you back you know, a lot over the next coming coming days here. But no, um, what I think he did, and he it was masterfully con- concocted. You know, he met with the Mets, he texted the Yankees, and he he 
created some friction between the two of them to make the Mets offer higher, longer. And then he went back to the Dodgers and said, hey, this is what I want. This is what I got. Match it. And then they did. And that was it. So it was a smart move by Yamamoto for himself. As an individual, it was smart. And that's he got what he wanted. He wanted to play in the soft landing spot of L.A. where the media out there, all they do is say how how good the moves are. They're never critical. And, and that's great. If that's what he wanted, good for him. So that's it. But um, the Yankees and Mets both missed out on Yamamoto. We'll start, we'll, we'll end the show by the same way that we started it. And, um, you know, we'll just try to find the, the positive silver lining in it for both teams. And that's what I opened with. So you can go back on demand and take a listen to that. So thanks to all the callers. Could not have done it without you today. And I love coming here and talking with you. You know that. If you missed any portion of today's show, you hit that Odyssey app rewind feature and select the start, which was 1 p.m. Paul Rosenberg, as always, great job today. And to Emmanuel Barbari on updates, a Merry Christmas, a happy belated Hanukkah, a happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays. And I'm going to see you, like I said, a ton this week. The next time being after the Nets game on Tuesday night until 2 a.m. on Wednesday. Pretty much the same thing Wednesday night, Thursday night. I got a whole bunch of hours. Stay tuned to my social medias. I'll, I'll, I'll announce it there. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And uh, our Westwood One broadcast, Bengals, Steelers. Up next, right here on The Fan. Sports Radio 92.9.